All right, you walk into the inn and you see a large group of people. Uh, in the corner, in the shadiest part of the bar, you see someone with a hood up. He's rolling dice, he looks suspicious. You also have the barmaid, jovial, walking around, passing beers, cracking jokes. She looks like a real hoot to be around. And there's also a group of soldiers sitting at the table, playing cards, laughing with a deep laugh. Um, wh what did you do? Hmm. Is there anybody else? Uh, yeah, you know, there's the regulars. There's like the drunk of the town. He's kind of hanging out with his, his pet ferret. But uh... He has a pet ferret? Yeah. Can I go? Can I go see him and maybe pet the ferret? I yeah. I guess. I don't do that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We're two game masters who just can't stop talking about roleplaying games. Today, we talk about creating NPCs. Uh, creating NPCs in your and preparation to a game. Also, on the fly, we talk about sometimes a weird thing that happens where player ties tend to fixate on certain NPC that maybe you didn't intend. Uh-huh, uh-huh, especially if it's an improvised one. That can be a big challenge. So we'll try to think about solutions to that or, or even... Just have a reflection several... around it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, other things that we're going to talk about is just the things that we like about NPCs, the things that we really focus on. So Chris really likes to talk about motivation. I really like to think about personalities and voices. So you can look forward to that. Yeah, and uh, we talk about maybe the problem of over-detailing NPCs. And uh, we'll finish with uh, how, to be, how we are trying to stay consistent when we create NPCs. Yeah, so I, I think that covers most of what we're going to talk about today. Right, Chris? Right, man. Let's roleplay chat. chat. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is just the basic creation of NPCs. Mm -hmm. When you know you want a certain NPC at a certain location or in a faction or something, and you, you want to create it basically before the game. Yeah, and I know, Chris, one of your, one of your strengths, or one of the apparent strengths when you're creating your NPCs is they really seem to have a driving force behind their actions and behind their personalities and the things that they do, the people they interact with. So I was wondering if, if you could share with me uh, some of the strategies that you employ when you're thinking about character motiva uh, NPC motivation and things related to that. Right, yeah, that's, that's definitely at the core of what I worry about when I create uh, an NPC. So usually what I do is I try uh, to think of a motivation that can uh, educate all my choices as this player, but not necessarily uh, that it's, it won't be obvious right away when you just see the person, right? So I think usually of a motivation, it can be based on uh, just basic desires that anybody can have. So I, I have a list of possible motivation, uh, but usually it's really fixed by what I want that character to, to do and provide. So if I want it to be like a guide for the, for the, for the players, then this motivation needs to link with the players. So what do the player want right now? How can that uh, character can provide something for them? Mm. So what I usually do is I think, so that, that can vary a lot, but once I have this motivation, I basically um, put it in relation with the player's motivation. Like okay. who I think will um, 
basically like gravitate gravitate towards, towards that NPC and who might not. Mm. And usually I'm pretty spot on. One or two NPCs in the campaign, I was like, oh, I was not expecting that that player to go talk to that uh, NPC. But usually I I try to make it so that it's relevant so that one player is like oh that that goes well with what i want to do mm -hmm. so once a player feels that way then my npc has basically done his job like now it's in once it's in then after that that motivation is really at the core of every decision i make and that's why i don't necessarily need to flesh out the whole thing but once i know this everything is linked back to the motivation so then i guess follow-up question to that chris the the motivation do you make it pretty broad so that it can evolve? Or is it like, uh, if the heroes are off to find a sacred artifact, well, there's going to be a guide and his motivation is whoever pays him the most gold is going to stay safe or whatever. And that, mm. like, that's it. Like, is, is it really pointed? It's actually pointed? probably broader. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's more broad than that. It's okay. something like, uh, I don't know, Wimmer Wooten, for instance, that we're going to talk about in our, in our campaign. It's... It's not really important if you don't know who he is, but uh, my motivation at the beginning, beginning was something along the lines of um, he likes to deal with information. Mm -hmm. Information is power, basically. And um, the second one would be like money is also a good thing. So whatever you guys arrived and wanted something out of him, yeah. he'd be like, well, give me something. And he likes to make deals. So that was the main thing. But as you talk to him, and because you, the players really like that NPC, and between games, I would add stuff. So as you discover, then I would flesh out. Mm. Like at one point, you were trying to sell him like an evil artifact, like not sell him, but you were like saying maybe we we could have an evil artifact to to give you. And he was like, I'm not I'm not dealing with magical stuff like yeah, evil yeah. stuff. Um, and that I fleshed out a couple of games after he was introduced. So there's stuff like that that I, I add. If, if you've uncovered everything about that character, then I need to add other things to uncover, mm -hmm. basically. Because mm -hmm. you kind of expect us to then come back to them at that point. Yeah, and I want, it, I, I want the character to be multi-dimensional, not just the, 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 the top layered. So I'm, I'm, I want to always add details. Okay. Uh, so at one point, he, I added that he had a son. That you hadn't met before yeah, that was not yeah. there from the beginning right so i add family members i add uh, worries he have i had a, a rivalry between between him and Somebody another else. clan so all of that was added as i needed it okay yeah so that's that's how i like to do it because that way it prevents a lot of problems um like we're going to talk more in details about it probably uh, a bit later, but sometimes if you create all of that and the characters are not interested in NPC, then it can cause a little bit of problems. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's revisit that maybe a bit later. But uh, yes, I was wondering, uh, so that's pretty much for me for my motivation. I think mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. I don't know, unless you have other questions about... No, that, that seems to make a lot of sense. Um, I think that's maybe my problem is when I, when I try to incorporate a motivation i kind of make it extremely specific M my i guess my solution to that is that i tend to create a lot of npcs with a lot of very specific things 
hoping mm-hmm. that eventually one of them is going to kind of align with what the party wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of like what you're saying about having broader and related uh, motivations. Mm-hmm. Like look at what the players are trying to do, add this motivation kind of in conjunction with the missions that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, Wimmer Wooten, it was about like you needed information yeah. and you asked around and people were saying, oh, you should go see that guy. He might be able to help you. So then obviously I'm sending you to him and to use him as a, a tool for you, for the story, for, yeah. for your objective. So that's that's how I like to, to create them. And I did basically the same thing for other NPC that were sent uh, really to the core of the story. Uh, we'll talk about Bianca Hines at one point. That was the same thing, really, at the beginning, just one or two sentences. And mm-hmm. as you got to know her, that would add stuff, add stuff, add stuff. So, yeah. Um, so, that that's one of my main concerns. And I think, like you said, it's one of my strengths. And I know for you, one of your big strengths is uh, your personality of your NPCs, how they how they shine. Like, we we, we get attached to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they make us laugh. That's, that's something, like, I hardly do make, laugh, <laughs> like make the characters uh my players laugh uh just because of a weird character so yeah so how do you do that is that intentional or yeah it's it's absolutely intentional uh the thing that i tend to focus on most when i'm creating my npcs is their personality mm. i i really want every npc that the players interact with to feel like a person that would live for real in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I really want you to go up to someone and say, wow, this is such a personality. This is such a character yeah. that distinguishes them from the other ones, right? You've interacted with somebody else and, oh, this is their own person who has their own personality and it's really distinct from one another. Um, so that's really my focus. And, and the way I achieve that usually is... Probably at my own detriment, I spend a lot of time mm. uh, thinking about the things that this person would like and dislike. I, I make little cards for each of them, and I usually come up with oh. three or four elements of, like, this character really likes corn on the cob. Mm. And, like, for real, like, <laughs> silly things like that. All because right. the way I see it, every person in real life has things that that make them who they are and usually it's the things that they really like and the things that they really dislike kind of the two Mm -hmm. extremes so i start by doing that and i know it's probably never going to come up but i do it because it helps me build a personality for this person Mm -hmm. you know what kind of person would really like corn on the cob but hates bugs like (laughs) can't stand bugs and then i start thinking like oh maybe because they had a really bad experience where they fell into like a pit of bugs and oh that develops this this npc's Mm. backstory and then i can kind of come up with character traits for them usually i try to make one or two character traits so it's you know maybe they fell into the bugs they hate bugs and that makes them really nervous about leaving the town Mm. so i kind of build that way um and once i have that that core i guess aspect of who this person is and their personality kind of like their quirk in this example they're nervous they don't want to leave the town Mm -hmm. etc i can then move on to the next thing which is the vocalization and the way this character actually physically portrays themselves in the game 
So I really like to use voices. I really like to use uh, non-verbal like faces. And yeah, a lot of mannerisms. Like yeah, you're really good at this. You like you embody the mm -hmm. character. I, I try to do it in my voice, and I'm not great at it, but I'm practicing. But you like when when you're playing a hag, you like you yeah, become yeah. <laughs> the hag. Like you, we can see it. Like it, it really adds a dimension that I think is a lot of fun. Like mm -hmm. for me, it's so much fun to play all these different characters and. Mm -hmm. And to watch your reactions to them and, mm -hmm. and kind of feed off of it, I, I, I really enjoy it. So I, th that's kind of, I guess, from my side of things, how, how I It's interesting because I feel like you concentrate, and correct me if I'm wrong, on, on the how a lot, like how it's going to mm -hmm. play. And maybe I, I concentrate on the, not on the why, but like, I guess yeah, the yeah. why, the, the the why the character is there and why does he act that way? Not act, but not act as in like their personality. Their personality, but, but act as like uh, their action they're actually taking. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it complements well, and that's interesting. I'll try to incorporate some uh, some of that in mine for sure. Um, so this sort of segues interestingly into our our next question that we wanted to talk about Chris in mm -hmm. it's to talk about NPCs that we have to improvise that we create basically out of nowhere because the heroes chose to go and interact with them yeah um, for me this usually happens in an environment where there's a large crowd of people you know you're in the town square or you're um, maybe in a camp somewhere like a, a soldiers camp where they're getting ready to go to war mm -hmm. There's no way for me to create, you know, all 100 soldiers that are there. I might use my process to come up with the personality for like the captain and a few other guards that you maybe have interacted with before or you have some kind of background with. But then, you know, there's other people there. And sometimes the characters, the player characters just decide, you know what? I don't really want to talk to the captain. I want to go <laughs> talk to the guy who's sharpening an axe. And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> now you have to do all of this on the fly. So the question we ask ourselves is that big process we're talking about me of motivation and you have trait and personality, then you have to do it in like two seconds. Uh -huh. So how do you make sure it feels, it doesn't feel different, right? Because if the player is like, oh, this is, and you have like a big description and a name and you have an accent and the other one, you just like, oh, this is, this is Todd. Yeah, Todd. He's sharpening axes. He, yeah, and he just talks normal and everything. And like, oh, okay, I guess he's probably not central to the story. So how how do you deal with that? Um, so part of it, I I I feel bad saying this, but is that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, there's there's the things that the tools that people explain on uh, in other channels and other forums where a list you have of names. a list of names mm -hmm. or like a list of one that I heard that I really like is a list of personalities. Yeah. So you you know you have a list of ten personalities that you just stick on your DM screen or your GM screen and you roll and it's like a random generator for for NPC personalities. Yeah, that's what you usually say, and I've never rolled. I always like. In the situation, I'm just like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, right? that makes the most sense. So that's another way. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, an another reason I say that I don't deal with that problem is that I find a way to deal with it that's maybe unconventional. 
Um, I like to actually create what I call like filler NPCs mm. that are very generic, but I still have all that background that I've created. Okay. And I kind of keep them in my back pocket. So if you go and interact with someone that I didn't expect you to interact with, I kind of have like one of these filler NPCs for someone who's like rough and tough and one for someone who's more like eager to help you. And then probably mm. another one that's like a bad guy, shady type character. And then with those three, I can kind of cover all my bases. And based on the scenario, and if you've just interacted with someone who's rough and tough, well, maybe I'm going to try to change the pace and give you someone who's more timid and friendly and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of deal with the unexpected NPCs by doing the opposite, by doing more work and creating other NPCs that are premeditated, mm -hmm. but maybe don't really fit into the story as well. I like to think that my players can't tell the difference. Um, do you but, have a play, like, do you remember a time using it on me? I can tell you. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen it, I've ever seen a difference of like, well, sometimes you do something uh, that's a bit different than what I do, where you ask us to fill some holes in a character, yeah. and that has pros and cons that, again, that could be a whole discussion on itself. You'd be like, this person is charming, Christian, why is that person charming? And then I have to come up with an aspect of your character in the game. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. but I feel like you do that with pretty much all characters, even like the... the yeah, I tend to do that. If anything, that's the part that's premeditated. Yeah. I mm -hmm. know that I want there to be... Like, like for instance, right now in a campaign that we're running, uh, you're on a pirate ship. Mm -hmm. And I intentionally left 10 NPCs uncreated. Mm -hmm. Like completely uncreated because I wanted you guys to be the ones to be part of that process because I figured if you're going to be on a ship with people for a long amount of time, I want the players to feel uh, connected to these NPCs beyond me just telling them that they are. Mm -hmm. And a way that I've determined makes that happen almost instantly is if they're the ones creating them. If you make an NPC, you're going you're gonna to care for that NPC. Yeah. Yeah, and it works. It works super well. Like the crew, we feel more attached than anybody else that just appeared mm -hmm. because we decided that that person, the the name, maybe one or two aspects, like but characterize that character, and it's it works very well. Yeah, I I love it. And and the way I do it is I like you said I I bring them forward and it's a blank slate, and I ask my players, what about this character is the first thing you notice? Sometimes it's physical. You guys might say, oh, you know, they have, uh, they're balding and he has a little ponytail. I'm like, okay, sure. You, you notice that. Let's add a personality element. Mm -hmm. What is this NPC's personality like? And you might say, oh, you know, he's, he's often fumbling around. He's like a klutz. Okay, cool. And then let's add one last thing, like their name. Yeah. And then you guys throw in a name and then boom, we have an NPC. There's not really much of a background there yet. Mm-hmm. But that at least makes an instant connection. Everybody at the table was involved in the process. And kind of like this collaborative storytelling. Yeah, and yeah, there's no background. But sometimes, as we say, oh, he's a goofball. And then uh, later in the story, something happens. And I remember us saying like, oh, he's always like that. And we come up with a story that he was a goofball in the past. And we add stuff. And as a player, we, we feel like we have the power of doing this because we were part of the creation mm -hmm. where if you would have 
created the whole thing, we would probably not add on to the character backstory. Yeah, because... almost like an unwritten rule, right? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. you, because you were part of the creation, you have an un unsaid blessing to basically free reign, like go for it, have yeah, fun. Yeah. But we know if we add something that makes no sense, you're gonna stop us, but never really happened because we know the, the, the limits of that mm -hmm. unwritten rule, I guess. Yeah, and I, I don't do that at all. I, I love it as a player. I don't do that at all as a... I don't think I've ever... Well, I, I don't do that most of the time because I, I, was, uh, I was raised as a realism kind of guy. And if I give the reins to the players to create some mind PC, I feel like it removes some of the immersion of their, they're just their characters and they make their decision, right? If, mm -hmm. if they can choose part of the world, I feel like I'm losing control. You just over... don't want to lose control. Chris. Yeah, that might be it actually. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing control on the lore, on the, on, on that stuff. And it, I like the mystery of, Maybe there's something hidden that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, if you created the, the top part, it's harder to hide mystery behind it. Uh, the only time I did it was uh, when you had a, a, a master and I would ask, ask you to create once every two games, maybe uh, something about that master. Um, because again, create a relationship. I think that was a, and I learned that from you. That's not for me. Like, um, I tried to implement this and I think it works well for someone like once maybe you meet your family, we might do that again, right? Okay. Where you will create your sister and your brother and your father and your, yeah. like, unless I have a really a big reason to have something specific in mind, it makes sense when it's someone really close to you that you have some control over their personality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a nice, uh, nice tool to have in our back pocket. Absolutely. But did you get a chance, Chris, to, to tell us how you deal with these on-the-fly NPCs? Like, yeah, what's your well, go -to? my go-to is I, well, it's not going to be super satisfying in the beginning, but I, I try to improvise one thing that is the core. I remember one time I uh, I did a description and he was really, like, I descri described the character that was really tan. And uh, I, he was a kind of a guard but he used to be the gardener mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, uh, he's not going to like his job. That wasn't my thing. And then the players discovered that and found that a bit funny. And basically what I do is I try to create a situation where the NPC can leave or basically the interaction is done. Mm. And then I backtrack and a bit like the motivation, I backtrack information back into my NPCs. So I basically do the opposite of you where I sometimes I would create little little stuff a bit in advance like you, but really short uh, one sentence to fill in those blanks. But then I just add stuff at the okay. game after. So I guess what we're saying is you can do either. Yeah, I mean, but if, if you guys think these are good ideas, steal them from us. If you have other ideas, please... I, I'd love to hear about it because that's, I feel like that's a struggle. That's one of the most difficult thing to, as a game master mm -hmm. is come up with NPCs on the fly. Yeah, it's, it's a really hard thing to do. And what actually I think makes that problem even more complex is that sometimes your player characters fixate 
on those NPCs instead of the ones that you fabricated in a more intricate way. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that I have the most trouble with when we talk about NPCs is how to deal with your players focusing in and really taking a liking to an NPC. For instance, your gardener who you just invented out of nowhere and now they, they want to keep talking to them. They want to they invite them with them to the adventure. They want to yeah. go meet their family and you're like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> but I also have this other guy who's super cool and who's going to give you a bunch of cool stuff because I planned it. But like, how, how do you deal with that kind of situation yeah i i it it happens sometimes for me it's not that bad because of the motivation thing where i try to link with a player mm-hmm. um one thing that i i think to fix that problem we need to figure out why it happens yeah and one of the reason i think why it happens is when i create a character with a big and rich backstory i tend to try to hide it a little bit like make it mysterious mm. But once they meet a gardener, I'm like, I need to think of something. I need to think of something. Oh, he's going to be kind of not happy about his job. So that's the first thing he's going to convey because I don't have anything else. Yeah. So I give right away. Um, so I feel like maybe, does that resonate with you? Because I, in a game we played that happened to, uh, basically you had a guy named Jenkins that mm-hmm. was basically the character we, we talked about that's a goofball. And we, you had another character that I, you talked to me after saying like, oh, I had the whole thing and we didn't really ask any question. But at the same time, Jenkins were right in her face. Yeah. Where the other one, I feel like we had to, to work dig, for it a work bit. for it. And we didn't. Uh-huh. So does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're right. And I, I think part of it too tends to be that the characters that I improvise or that I allow my players to create tend to be a little bit more outlandish. They tend mm-hmm. to be a little bit more, like there's something about them that's a little bit kooky and, and interesting. So mm-hmm. the players kind of want to go towards them. Yeah. You know, your Jenkins mm-hmm. is a goofball. He's silly. He's he's always fumbling around. So you guys can talk to him, make fun of him, connect with him. Mm-hmm. Whereas another character, like you're saying, that might be a little bit more mysterious they're not going to convey the same fun uh, kind of interests that the players might want. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, I think you're right. It has to do with how much information is being kept from the players, but also the, the personalities and the like silliness and the, mm-hmm. the, the ridiculousness in our intro. You're like, there's a guy with a ferret. Cool. And I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have said ferret. Yeah, exactly. That's that's too interesting, right? It's too interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so th- I think knowing that's probably at least part of the problem, that's probably part of the solution. Either you make your on-the-fly characters less interesting. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I would do that. But now that we talked about it, I think I would try to, when I create characters like with deep backstory, to bring something to sell. Yeah, give it to out. Sell it. Yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah, yeah. Give something maybe a bit quicker than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be curious to see if that fixes our problem. <laughs> Maybe, because I, I guess, I guess the characters really, like when, when I'm playing, mm-hmm. I want to get that. That's kind yeah. of what you're you're striving to do. Or you want to be able to get a little bit so that you can utilize that information to get something else. Yeah. Right? If you're not giving the players anything to go off of, or really like, 
small hints that only the most attentive players are going to catch on and they might not even know what to do with those hints, right? Like they might be like, mm, okay, well, he's got a black eye. How am I supposed to use that in a conversation? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, like, and for to figure uh, your example, like if he, they figure out that he really like corns on the cob, what are they going to do about it? Yeah, <laughs> what are they going to do with that? It's... Bring him corns on the cob <laughs> to convince him to whatever. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes if that's too hidden, that might be a... Uh, that might be difficult for the players to, to dig it out and get the most out of the creation you spend a lot of time doing. Uh huh. I, I wonder what part of it too can be attributed to this, like like we were talking about before, that unwritten boundary of like that NPC that I've like. It's clear that the game master created this NPC. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not super clear, but like if they're there, they've probably created them and spent some time doing it. Mm -hmm. But if it's an NPC that we've created communally as a, as a party with the Game Master's approval, you feel less of like a boundary there. Yeah. So you want to go talk to them, you want to interact with them, and you feel this natural ability as a player to come up with backstory, to be like, oh, here, here are your glasses, Jenkins. And you're like, I didn't think he had glasses, but you came up with that mm -hmm. as the player, and you have full like authority to do it and it's okay mm -hmm. so because you're allowed you, you want to keep you want to keep being involved with them yeah you're already in yeah 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 and that's that's a big that's a big selling point to just have attachment and yeah so basically we'll try to remove the walls over remove our walls. Yeah. big uh, big creation yeah or, or maybe allow um now i'm getting into something deep stuff oh well, let's do it but like what if you allow the team, the, the party, to create an NPC that you already have elements mm. for, but you're like, I don't really know what their personality is. I don't really know whatever, whatever is, but I know what their motivations are going to be. And you don't ask the party that. You mm. let them make that person, but then you've already got stuff and material for I don't know. So what you're saying is Jen Kings is actually a spy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's actually the the final boss the final boss yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no, I know I get what you mean like it's uh but that can be uh, I'm afraid like you, you're saying yeah. that I'm like oh it can go wrong so you have to it's gonna be a bit more bounded right so let's say mm -hmm. you had a big thing for that character and they make him ridiculous Jar Jar Binks, mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm thinking of Jar Jar Binks because of the, all the, the the thing where Jar Jar Binks was actually a Sith and everything <laughs> on the internet. So I feel like that's a bit like that, right? You're making it too too far from the core motivation you should actually concentrate on. Yeah, I guess there's got to be a middle ground there somewhere, though. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe not for the final boss, but for, like if there's a guide that's gonna take the heroes somewhere and and the guide might have a secret piece of information that mm -hmm. the heroes can get out of this person. Maybe allowing them to create the, the guide's personality to say, okay, he's a guide. He lives in nature. Who, what's he like? And then they might say like, oh, you know, he's kind of a hermit, doesn't talk too much. Okay, well, they've said that. Yeah. And it, it could fit. Mm -hmm. um, they just made their job harder at getting that information. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I well, there might be a middle ground sort of like that. Yeah, I think we're at the point we need to try it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get back to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have another question, Chris, and it might not be fully fleshed out, but mm -hmm. it's something that I struggle with a lot. 
um, and that I've looked into a lot. So one of my problems is I tend to overcreate. Basically, I, I create too many NPCs. I create too many likes, dislikes, especially when I'm in a situation where the party is exposed to seven, eight, nine, ten people of interest. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I find myself struggling to make backgrounds, motivations for all of them. Uh, the solution that I seem to find often and that I don't really like is that people tend to recommend not actually creating all of those NPCs. They mm. tend to say, you know, if you have to put all those things in front of your players, really just create one or two and then shoehorn the same content regardless of where the players go. I don't like mm. that. I think it removes a lot from the game, especially character uh, player character choice. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have a hard time keeping up with all that creation sometimes. Yeah, I think I think it's a problem. It, you cannot create everybody else. Uh, like if you're in a crowd, a hundred people, there's no way that that may just you know that makes no sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, I don't think it's satisfying. And I'm agreeing with you with like, it's the same thing with you have three doors and whatever door you open, it's the same room mm -hmm. regardless. So then there was not really a choice, right? Um, and the players can tell, like yeah. Well, sometimes they eventually, can. But eventually, they'll, yeah, yeah. They'll sometimes, know the, 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 as a player, you get these little things of your game. Oh, that's a weakness of my game master, or something like that. So, uh -huh. um, so one thing that uh, I think might partially help. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not a, if you can't create. Like best case scenario, you everybody's created, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know everybody, but that's that's not realistic. So. Uh, what I try to do is something a bit like we, we've talked about it in the past. You know how when, let's say you have an adventure in mind and uh, the, the players uh, sidetrack mm -hmm. and want to do something else and maybe you don't have anything prepared. You you do something that you called um, or you got it somewhere else, uh, an interrupt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like uh, you meet a, a group uh, on the on the road and they're trying to steal your stuff or, mm -hmm. or there's you a fire meet or a troll or whatever. Fire. Yeah. Some some kind of event. It's usually not super original, but it's engaging, mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. it basically slows the player. So I kind of do the same thing for social interaction, where oh. if they go to talk to an NPC that I haven't prepared, yeah, I will do really basic interaction. Uh, if I if I don't come up with anything interesting, as soon as I like I'm done with the conversation mm -hmm. i don't let the players control and can keep asking and asking questions i would interrupt okay either if they're in bar there's a fight that breaks out or someone comes in i know at one point i had a one of the player uh, novak mm -hmm. um i knew that in the past he had basically showed his magic power to a random guy and i knew that if i needed an interrupt that would be that guy that. would show up with thugs that wanted to beat up oh, the, okay. the, the 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 magic user because it wasn't well seen in that world. Hmm. So and that happened like a couple of games later. I had that in my back pocket. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I did not like you started talking to other NPCs and I just like pop up. That guy shows up in the room. Yeah, interrupts the so conversation. It's, it's really like a social interrupt. Exactly where you shove in mm -hmm. content that kind of detracts but still engages that's that's really cool i haven't thought of that and actually i i'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to try to do that 
Yeah, I like that a lot. You can create that in advance. And mm -hmm. you know how in video games you have like some, some video games are like, that character will remember this <laughs> and you might have consequences later. That's kind of what it is, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I'm even picturing very simple things like the waitress at the bar comes over and asks you for your order or something. You know, yeah. like it, it doesn't always need to be related no, to the story. Exactly. But, but that's yeah, yeah. really cool. I, I haven't thought of it that way. Um, I really like that. I truly, I'm going to do it. Uh, so another question that, not really a question, but another topic that we want to talk about mm -hmm. that I think is important to talk about when we talk about NPCs is consistency. Uh, consistency in terms of their motivations, in terms of their personality, in terms of their voices and mannerisms, everything, really, mm -hmm. especially when they're there for a long time. Um, so I don't know, Chris, if, do you have any strategies or, or things that you've employed to keep your characters consistent as the story yeah, goes? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that is, I assume, a bit basic is taking notes, right? Yeah. Everybody, you have to take notes on what they what they said if they said something important uh you have to take notes on their motivation on all those layers i would add mm -hmm. that i talked before you need to have those written down because sometimes i have because i have so many ideas between games yeah i can't always remember which one i actually decided to go with so this <laughs> i need to write it down because <laughs> i made the mistake a couple of times so i need to make I, i'm really careful with that now but yeah, taking notes, and I ma I even made a template of like an NPC uh, page. NPC or? page, yeah. So I just put holes in it, and there's like three NPC, and it's uh, a bit like motivation and stuff like that. I would add on even stats. I would do that. I would basically decide stats mm -hmm. depending on what I think the character would have. And once I like once they fight, and I know what fight is, like their fight score is, then I write it down, and it's always that. Okay. Right. So, but to stay consistent. To yeah. stay to stay consistent. Um, one thing that I struggle with is often how they talk, and sometimes it happens between games. That's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's even in a conversation. I would start, and as I reach the end of the conversation, the accent has <laughs> maybe disappeared a little bit. And yeah. I know you're 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 really good with this. Like, yeah. It's. I mean, I'm good, but I just like you. Sometimes mm -hmm. I you start with one accent and then you deviate to something else. Mm -hmm. uh, what I found works the best for me is that I, I try to come up with a, a catchphrase for this character. Mm. And I don't mean like a background thing. I, I mean like an actual saying that this character is going to say often mm. that's going to help me bring my voice back to the accent mm. that I'm using. That's really good. Um, like for instance, there's there's one of my favorite NPCs. Maybe we'll get to talk to him about talk about him after. But uh, he he speaks like this. He has a funny little voice. <laughs> and for a long time, I struggled actually keeping that accent. Mm -hmm. And the thing that would always kind of reset my brain to talk like him was when he would talk to the heroes. He would call them his brothers and sisters. Yes, yes, his yes. brothers, sisters, <laughs> and that was like would reset my brain yes, yes, to yes. speak like that. <laughs> so good. if I felt that I was floating away, I would just have him look at someone and call them his brother or sister, and mm -hmm. then it would instantly bring me back. And that so far has worked wonders for me. Yeah, I really like that. I, I One thing that I used to do, well, that I do is 
when I started GMing a lot, I, I made a list of all the voices I kind of could do. Okay. And one thing I, I, I wrote down was uh, sentences um, from, from uh, movies and stuff like that. Um, for instance, um, in Lord of the Ring, I have one that's, you have no power here. Grand Gandalf, blah, blah, or uh, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. So I have a couple of those sentences, but they're not sentences that I can say during. Yeah. So I like the idea of having something you can say during, because I have one of my characters that's, you have no power here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm losing it and I'm like, I'm trying to like, Go like <laughs> almost, be, almost behind my screen, like <laughs> okay, okay, that's the voice, right? So it's it, and and that came from a discussion we had where you you told me a bit about your thing, yeah. And um, I think it works wonders, but I have a hard time having something to hook it that I can actually repeat. So yeah. like a catchphrase. I mean, one thing that you could try to do is uh, I mean, you have to have the liberty to do this. But at home, if you're having a shower or something, I would sometimes just like mm. talk to myself in that voice until I got to a point where the we have no power here. You found like a synonymous mm. saying that was just as natural for you. Mm. Um, because on top of bringing you back to that voice, having something that you say over and over again as an NPC adds more personality to that NPC because it gives them like a, a shtick mm -hmm. or um, like a saying that the, the the players can also recognize. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it kind of does two things, right? It, it mm -hmm. looks like you're just doing it for the character's personality, but really you're doing it because you're going to lose the accent. Um, yeah, yeah. And that works, like we're talking about NPC today, but that works for PC too. Yeah, like yeah I, I, for I, sure. I, now that you say it like that, like I... I know again, Critical Role is famous. Uh, there's uh, Laura's first character where they say, she would always say darling. Mm. And even now as they stop playing, when they re-go, like when they uh, play in that old characters, every time she says that, everybody's like, oh yes, like back into character. Back in character, yeah. So um, I think it's a really powerful tool. And obvious, obviously we're far from expert mm -hmm. in, the, in, in that field, but- uh, It's I think just something we do. Yeah, that, yeah. or at least that I do and that Chris has started doing that I think mm. really, really works well. Um, obviously, no taking all these things, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's fun. It's, it's part of the fun for me, like I said before, is having these silly little personalities and voices and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice exercise. It's, it, it's not necessary at all, but I like it. Mm -hmm. Wow, Chris, we talked about a lot of cool things and came up with a lot of pretty neat solutions. Yeah, I'm excited to try some of the stuff we talked about. So mm. we, we started talking about, well, I started talking about how I create my NPCs, how I use motivation as their core when I start. Mm -hmm. And as the player discovered NPC and interact with one that they get interested in, then I add stuff between the game, the game to keep it fresh, keep interesting, and keep the NPC relevant as the story goes. Mm -hmm. And I talked about my NPC creation process mm -hmm. and kind of the things that I really like doing that relate back to the personality of, of the NPC. Uh, I tend to try to get inspiration from things that this, this person might like, might dislike, and use that to fuel the creative process to really flesh out each personality different from the next. Yeah, and then we talked about how is that creation is made in preparation often, but when you have to create someone on the fly, how we 
how we try to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked about how you let uh, players create part of the NPCs as we play. Mm-hmm. And it really creates this really cool attachment uh, that you mm-hmm. can, can barely fabricate in any other way. And Chris, you talked about how you continuously, like you said before, it's an ongoing process. So if you have to create someone on the fly, you make sure to really flesh them out in the downtime between sessions so that if we come back to that person, the, the details are there and the evolution is, is still there. Yeah, exactly. And then after we, we had a discussion about uh, this phenomenon that happens where the player tend to fixate on characters, um, and oftentimes it's when they're created on the fly, and we, we, we have an idea that this might be caused by the fact that when someone's on, created on the fly, we, we're more generous. We give stuff mm-hmm. right away about that character. We give uh, their details, uh, their details. background, yeah, exactly. what have you. So we kind of, I guess, told ourselves that we would try to do this now with the NPCs that we do premeditate in an effort to make our players fixate on them, but also to make the game more fun for our players. I think mm-hmm. if we're giving more information, there's more for the players to use and, and really get that information out right at the beginning of the conversation. I'm not saying spill all the beans, but... Yeah, we need know. to spark interest, remove the walls that yeah. prevents them from getting getting in, basically. Absolutely. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about overcreation. It's a problem that I think a lot of people struggle with, myself mm-hmm. included. And Chris, you had the really interesting idea of doing something sort of like a social interrupt, which basically would segue immediately the conversation into a territory or part of the game that you've already prepared. Yeah, either an uh, interaction, I, I know how it's going to go, mm-hmm. at least on my side, and, or um, an event that interrupts the flow, interrupts them from talking to some guy I did not, I, I don't have any interest in, in the, in the sense that I don't have anything to give to the players, then I can interrupt with something interesting and something compelling to them. And then we basically ended the conversation talking about consistency. Uh, Chris, it's no surprise to me that the best tool to be- combat problems with consistency is by taking a lot of notes. Yeah, I have a pretty good binder to back that out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that really covers all of our bases here, Chris. That's all, man. Let's call it a chat.